Hi, friends. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast, a small break in your week to talk about big things, little things, all the things. I'm your host, Becky Ziegenfuss. So take a breath. Let it go. Let it wait. Let it be. Hi, everyone. Friends, summer is over. I can't believe we're in August already and school has begun. I'm so grateful that you've hung with this podcast, even during my summer break. Many of you messaged me that you got caught up in episodes that you had missed. I did drop one special summer episode around Independence Day. And if you missed that one, go back and listen. I had two men in the house, both pastors and Marines, and it was just one of the best conversations. For those of you who are new to this podcast, a little about myself. I'm married to my college sweetheart. We just celebrated 22 years together and we lead all church, a church we planted about five years ago. My husband, Andy, is the lead pastor there. I also work in the biotech space as a rare disease specialist, so I wear several different hats, both in the marketplace and ministry. And we have three kids, a seventh grade boy, a 10th grade girl, and my oldest daughter is entering her senior year. I cannot believe that we are here. It seems like just yesterday she was hopping on the bus for kindergarten, and now we have already started some of the senior traditions. We just helped her paint her senior parking space at school, and I feel like I'm pretty much going to be teary all school year long. But in honor of back to school, I wanted to kick off this season around a conversation with some of the most influential people in my own kids' lives. These leaders happened to be over at our house for a student event, and so I decided to pull out the microphones. So this was unplanned, unrehearsed, but so real and so good. Thanks for hanging out, and welcome back. Okay. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. This is um, our first podcast back after a long, long break. And the thing I love about this one is it was absolutely had zero planning and we just impromptu put it on the spot. So those of you who are listening, welcome back. It's so good to be back after a nice long, actually it really hasn't felt like a long summer. It's felt like a really fast summer, but I know it has been a long break. And since it is back to school, I wanted to invite some leaders who lead our kids personally and lead within our school. And I wanted to talk about an organization that I am super passionate about and love, which is Young Life. And all of you are Young Life leaders at the school that our kids go to. So, um, and we happen to be hosting Young Life at our house, which also was kind of a 24 hour ago (laughs) (laughs) impromptu. Yeah, sure. You can all come over. And then when you got here, captive audience, because I've wanted to do this. So thanks for agreeing on the spot with zero prep. Love it. <laughs> Lily, you're not saying much yet. I'm nervous. All right. So just to introduce yourselves, I want to go around the circle and we don't really have to go around the circle, but, and I will say that only three of you are here because two are out of town. So I might need to have the other two come back and like fill in any gaps or something. So we don't want to leave them. We don't leave them out. All right. So Lily, I'm going to have you start first and just Perfect. say, just say who you are and um, maybe how many years you've been serving as a leader in Young Life. Great. My name is Lily Teakin. Was that the only question you just gave me? Yeah. And how many years? Um, I have served a year and a half with CHCA Young Life, but I also led a semester um, when I went to Ohio University my freshman year. Okay. So technically two full years, I guess. And was, were you in a public school with that? Yes. Very okay. small public school. Okay. So you've been in public school, private school. Yep. Very different schools. Sure. Sure. Okay. Ben, I my just name, half introduced you. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, my name is Ben Schutte and I have been leading Young Life at CHCA for three and a half years now. Three and a half, I believe. Wow. That's, I mean, you've seen almost a whole yeah. high school yeah. Go through. So the the seniors that just graduated um, this summer were freshmen when I started. So I've wow. seen that, that crew go all the way through, which is that's been, been fun. That's awesome. When we started in youth ministry, we had that same experience where we got to see freshmen through their senior year go completely through and just to see them grow and develop. That's a fun, it's fun. fun experience. Yeah. Blaze. Um, my name is Blaze Cheney, and I started leading with Lily, so I've also led for a year and a half. And then there are two other on two others on your team, 
Jake and Bailey. And Bailey's new this year, right? Yeah. And Jake's been leading for about uh, six months or so. And Mm -hmm. Jake's been leading about a year and a half, just like Lillian Blaze. Gotcha. All right. So we know about Young Life very well. It's funny because I went to a huge public school and I remember hearing about Young Life, but I didn't know anybody that was in it or involved in it, which I mean, I was in high school a long, long time ago. So I don't know if it's just gotten bigger as the years have advanced, but um, I'm curious for those who are listening, who were like me and didn't really know much about it. Just give us like a high level view of what Young Life is and maybe like the mission or vision of the organization. Yeah. So Young Life started in Texas in 1941. Um, so in, in 1941, it started just as this, really as this church student ministry, as a local church student ministry, um, of this, this man, this pastor who, um, I believe he was a pastor of this local church who just had kids, uh, over for breakfast, um, at this, this church, uh, um, in the area before school. And, um, that was the first Young Life Club um, that it started just at a at a school just like that or at a, a local church just like that. And over the last, I mean, whatever that makes it, 70, that, 80 that's years, um, it has grown to nationwide and globally. Wow. Uh, Young Life's in over 100 countries um, across the globe. Um, started just as a high school ministry, and it has mm-hmm. now grown into um, there's a piece of Young Life called Wildlife, which right. is for middle school students, junior high students, and there's also um, Young Life College Ministries across universities um, around the country. So um, it has continued to grow over the last, I guess that means 80 years, right? Um, yeah. Since 1941. Uh, yeah. So um, 80 years of, of Young Life, and so um, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that really is unbelievable. And as leaders, you lead when you're in college, but you are all are out of college now, right? Not me. Some of us. You're not done. No, I have another year. Oh. And yeah. I thought I thought you we were you were full adulting. No, ma'am. Do I? <laughs> do you think that I am? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh. Okay, so but explain that because some of you lead while you are college students, and then you continue to lead post-college. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, um, kind of a system to it in, um, in this Cincinnati area, um, that is very, um, yeah, like system organized, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of college students come to the area and they start, they want to lead young life and they go through, uh, what's called new leader training and they get placed at, a school in the area after they mm-hmm. go through that training. And so for a lot of their college years, typically they will um, lead Young Life at an area high school. Um, and, and that is typical across uh, a lot of larger universities and bigger cities. Mm-hmm. But um, in, you know, all across the country, there's Young Life. And so there's plenty of uh, Young Life clubs in rural areas that are just started and run by random adults or parents mm, or gotcha. whoever. So, um like I said, typical for it to be college students and young mm-hmm. adults who do it, but it really is uh, done and, and it thrives in other areas, even just for adults and parents and youth pastors who are running it. So. Sure. Cause I, here I am assuming we're so close to university of Cincinnati <laughs> that that makes absolute sense. Right. But yeah, there would be a lot of areas that would not have a university in their yeah. backyard. So were you all young lifers when you were in high school? Is that how you came to find young life and to lead in it? Yeah, yes. we all actually went to Mason Young Life, which is funny. Um, you all went to high school together? Well, well, no. I lived in Mason. Okay. To Fenwick. Oh, right. And That's my right. Mason friends yep. brought me to Mason Young Life. Gotcha. So we all actually came up in Young Life in the same Yeah, club. even Jake and okay. Blaze. Well, I'm Blaze. I mean, Jake um, and Bailey. Bailey. And Bailey. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So all five of us, well, yeah, we're like all basically Mason grads. I just went to a different right, high school. But same community. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, really how we all got started with Young Life. Is it common then that you would all end up leading together at no, the same no. school? Okay. Yeah, pretty uncommon. Um, it it really just depends <laughs> on what, what the staff people want to do. And we just kind of lucked out um, mm-hmm. with, with the way the cards fell, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's so fun that you guys already had kind of that relational gel before you even started leading together. Mm-hmm. And this is an awesome team. I mean, I haven't been exposed to many other Young Life teams, but 
man, we, we sure love you guys a ton. Um, so there are obviously a ton of different ministries that you could be involved in at your local church or other parachurch organizations. Why Young Life? Because I know it's a lot of hours and it's all volunteer. Correct. Lily, you want to take that one? Why do I lead Young Life? Or yeah, I mean, I why did you young choose Young Life to lead versus lead. serving in another ministry? Um, well, I wanted to lead because of what Young Life was to me in high mm. school. Mm-hmm. Which can I, am I allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I do. Agree. I'd love it. Um, young Life felt different than like other ministries, like through church. Um, mm-hmm. Because like my leader in high school, it was cool to see that like she cared about my life outside of Young Life too. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just she wanted to see me on Wednesday nights. Like she would want to see me at like cross country meets mm. or my choir concerts that mm-hmm. she would come to. And mm-hmm. so it was like cool things where she wanted to be a part of my whole life. And she was, she, um, knew essentially every part of me, good and bad. Mm. And she loved me really well through that and gave me the best wisdom and advice and something that changed me as a person. Um, and I went to Young Life all four years of high school. And so it was something that I learned to love and um, just kind of knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, so a lot of my friends obviously were in that same community. So it was easy to get kind of plugged in in college mm-hmm. and um, kind of get on that path early on. Um because I just, I knew that I wanted to be that to other girls in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that. it's very relational, which yeah. is, um, very important. Is that the mission of Young Life? I mean, is I know it probably looks very different at all different schools, but, but since this is a national and global organization, is that the mission of Young Life? Yeah. I mean, really Young Life's mission is to reach the lost kids it's to reach the farthest out kid Mm -hmm. um it and it's to build relationships with them um in order to help them to know jesus and to build a relationship with jesus and so um you know going to where the kids are isn't that what they say yeah Yeah, like being on their turf Mm -hmm. like the reason that we spend time at high school is Mm -hmm. at football games Mm -hmm. um is because that's where the kids are. Yeah. Um, I think that one of that's one of the really cool things about Young Life is it doesn't depend on the kids showing up to events. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is so much based in contact work. Like, yes, right. we want kids to be at club and campaigners and camp and things like mm-hmm. that. But most of what we do is by being at their school, yeah. at where they go. Yeah. And that's how we meet our friends. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, and I see that and I just see how effective that is just in our own kids' lives. Did you all grow up in the church or was Young Life your kind of entrance into the church? I grew up in the church and, but Young Life, what, it, it was almost kind of flipped from what you said where Young Life wasn't my entrance into the church, but Young Life was me realizing that Jesus was outside of the church. Gotcha. Um, oh yeah, that's, that's, cool. when that's I, good. That was what kind of, really flipped things for me and helped okay. me realize like God, Christianity, Jesus yeah. was not just confined to a church building, yeah. um, but was something outside of that, something that didn't just happen on Sundays. And um, so it really flipped the script for me. And that one. Yeah. Were you guys, were you both you girls in the church growing up? I was, I was too, but okay. same thing has been of like consistently when I was young, we always went to church and the older we got, the more busy we got. Yeah. And so, uh, it was not something that was like top priority if there was a volleyball tournament or if there was, you know, something like that. Um, and young, I've just made scripture come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all like club talks, which was my first real experience with young life was like just stories about who Jesus was straight mm-hmm. from scripture. And, um, it made it real Yeah, in a way that didn't always feel real sitting in like a sanctuary listening mm-hmm. to a, a pastor talk. Mm-hmm. So I know, so those of you listening, most of you know that my husband and I lead a church. And so we're big proponents of the local church and that that is, you know, God's plan for his people. Um, 
And yet there are these amazing organizations like Young Life and like Crew and H2O that are these parachurch organizations that do so much good kingdom building work. But sometimes those can get, um, those parachurch organizations can get, I don't want to say ridiculed, that might be too strong, but there's been caution that that would replace the role of the local church. And yet you as a team seem, and I don't know if it's because you are leading at a private Christian school or if it's been like a collective intentional effort, but the kids that you lead seem to be both and. They seem to be the young life kids who are also involved and faithful and serving in their local church. So how have you been able to do that successfully or has that just been something organic that's happened? Well, I think that that naturally in any parachurch ministry, that is your biggest obstacle is mm-hmm. how do you how do you get because every parachurch ministry for the most part is going to end. For for instance, right. with young life, um, you know, you might start in wildlife, you might be a sixth or seventh grade student going to wildlife, you go through young life in high school and you might even do young life in college, but when you get done with college um, there's no more young life mm-hmm. and what's next, you know, how do you yeah. continue to, to, um, build on your faith and, and ground yourself and root yourself somewhere. And I think that, um, what we found at least with young life is being able to draw people into the person and the nature of Jesus mm-hmm. is what we hope to do with young life and then be able to equip them by the time they're leaving high school to be able to carry on that faith. And so I think that, um, like I said, it's, it's a challenge. It's one of the biggest challenges I think for all parachurch ministries is how Mm -hmm. do we, um, you know, and I think the biggest thing with young life is how do we get kids to fall in love with Jesus and not fall in love with young life? Yeah. Um, Oh, that's good. And, and that is such a battle. It's such a Mm -hmm. challenge, but, um, I think really at least what I've learned over the last few years is trying to, um, trying to invite kids into more, like mm-hmm. letting them know that there's more than mm-hmm. just what they're learning about at Young Life, what they, you know, in our scenario, what they're learning about in their Christian studies classes at school, that there's more than mm-hmm. that out there. Um, there's more to Jesus than they than they could ever know. And being able to point them to the local church in that. Um, and I think being able to model that well is important too. I think as leaders, mm-hmm. you know, they're following our lead in everything that we do yeah and so if we're not plugged in and rooted and excited Mm -hmm. about our local church they aren't gonna they they won't be either Mm -hmm. and so I think that one thing I've learned too is um if I'm excited to go to church on Sunday Mm -hmm. they'll be interested they'll want Mm -hmm. to to check out church they'll want to see what it's Mm -hmm. about and um I do think that also the the last thing I'll say on that is that Young Life like I mentioned helped me to figure out that God wasn't just confined to a church building. I think in the same way, being able to see God outside the church building mm-hmm. helped me to understand him better back in the church building. Uh, I understood yeah. what the local church was about. I understood mm-hmm. why I went to church. It wasn't just a religious thing every mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, and I think when you can start to understand him, maybe outside of that, it then aids you in getting back into that and understanding the importance of the local church. Yeah, that's so good. We also view Young Life as a tool. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a tool of getting kids in front of Mm -hmm. Jesus and it doesn't have the intimidation of a church. It doesn't have that intimidation of like people who've been harmed by church or don't know or like that can be intimidating. And so it's easy to be like, oh, come over to your friend's basement and we're going to talk about Jesus. And like Mm -hmm. that's a way like easier sell sometimes than church on Sunday morning. Um, And I think what we get to do is like sit them in front of Jesus and hopefully leave them wanting more Mm -hmm. and also offer them a community of people who also want more. Mm -hmm. And that more is the church. And like we go to Lily and I and a few of the other leaders like go to all church. Mm -hmm. And so that's fun because they see us at church. Like that's a church that, you know, having Elle and Kate there, they bring their friends Mm -hmm. who are kids who come to young life. And so it builds a Mm -hmm. community of people. And then they do like Ben said, witness us being there and being excited to be there and so young life is a a tool that's all that it is it's an awesome ministry that that does a really like good job of getting kids in front of jesus but that's that's what it is it's like we're gonna get you in front of jesus and then we're gonna help you to to 
follow him? And yeah. what does that look like when, like Ben said, there isn't your right. life anymore? Right. And I love, I just came to my memory that just this past Sunday, we had baptism Sunday and one of the students from Sycamore, was he from Sycamore? got baptized and his young life leader baptized him. And so to see that kind of full circle of a kid who got saved, found Jesus in young life, and then was back in the local church saying to everyone who was there witnessing, this is what I've decided to do. And this is how I'm going to leave, how I'm going to live. And my young life leader is going to baptize me. I mean, it's, I just love to see. Yeah, it really is the, the full circle of what that is. So Ben, you shared the challenge of kind of connecting young life into the local church when yeah. the end is there and alongside what has been for any of you, something that's just been really rewarding in serving and leading and watching these kids grow in their faith. I think for me, you know, I, I, in general in ministry, I think something that you, that you have to learn and it takes a long time to learn, but something that you have to learn is, um, that sometimes you're just a seed planter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just a seed planter. Sometimes you're just watering mm-hmm. seeds, and that's what we do. That's what we're called to do because we aren't the ones growing the seeds. And I think, honestly, one of the most rewarding things for me has been to, to watch students that I got to know right when I started leading Young Life mm-hmm. and see them kind of grasp it, kind of get it in high school and, and reconnect with them when they've moved on from high school and to connect with them again and just hear how the Lord has changed their lives yeah. and hear how they've grown and hear how they're just all in mm-hmm. and to be able to re- what has been so rewarding has been truly to see I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I just was obedient in the, mm-hmm. in the place that I was in mm-hmm. and let God work. And even when I was not in the picture anymore, that he was still working. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's been one of the most rewarding things for me has been able or has been to be able to catch up with students after a long time and just see how the Lord has moved in their life over time. It's just, it's so, so fun to see. As someone who is more experienced in life than the three of you (laughs) sitting here, it's amazing to hear you all talk because I feel like even when I was your age, the end game was like that yes to Jesus. And that's what, that was kind of like the evangelism model of the time was how quickly you can get from, do you know Jesus to, yes, I'm going to follow him. And you, there was an element of feeling like, oh, if I was just the seed planter or just the seed waterer, it was almost like I didn't, I didn't you sell didn't the gospel yeah. well enough. And to just hear how that whole perspective has changed. Um, there was a, there's a guy at our church, an older guy who shared some wisdom years ago about how each one of us is called to be a different part of the building process. And sometimes you're called to be the starter. And sometimes you're called to be the one who adds like the next floor onto the building. And sometimes you're the one who's called to like bring it down and start again. And to to just kind of see and hear that wisdom from a group like you guys who are leading the next generation, but yet you're still so young yourself is just, it's just beautiful. It really is. Um, so we, as a church, love our young life leaders. Um, part of it, like I said, we're parents and we've seen the impact that it's had on our own kids. We're always looking for ways to support leaders who are managing life and continuing to like figure out your own path while also pouring into all of these kids who are just a few years behind you. What is one way that the local church could really support leaders of parachurch organizations like Young Life? I think for me, I one thing that I have really appreciated about my church leadership has been um, their just their willingness to ask questions and their mm-hmm. willingness to to do what you're doing and, mm-hmm. and ask, how can we help? How can we support you? Um, and I think, I really do think the, the biggest blessing to me has been to hear that they recognize what we're doing as a, as a parachurch ministry mm-hmm. as it's not, it is not in the local church, but it is, as we've already talked about, it is 
helping to grow the local yeah. church. And I think that and it's definitely not competition. Right. And it's yeah. not competition. And I think that, that where the disconnect comes and where I think a lot of the um, butting heads comes between churches and parachurch ministries is when they don't have that, that common ground, that common mindset of we're here to build the church. We're both mm-hmm. here to build the church. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, one of the biggest blessings that, that my church leadership has has reached out to me about is like, how can we help aid you knowing that you are doing what you can to grow the local church? Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be a direct form of ministry in the local church, but we're all on the same team. Yeah. And I think that if, um, that at, if more churches were like that, um, I think we would see such a greater connection between lo- the local church and mm-hmm. parachurch ministries mm-hmm. being able to work together um, rather than feeling like there's some weird disconnect there. So, Yeah. Did you guys have anything else to add um, to that? I thought I heard you take a breath. Maybe I did. Um, <laughs> well, on the heels of that, I'll ask this. On the heels of that, then, if there were like a dream of, man, I just wish my church would do this for me. Have you ever thought about what that would be? Like, sky's the limit. I just wish this. I feel like you guys, well, being in all church at least, do a really good job of caring for us. Of mm. A lot of our community is at your church. And so that means that there are, there are families who are opening up their homes to us. Mm-hmm. There are families who um, support us financially when we need that. There mm-hmm. are families who are discipling us Mm -hmm. and and as a church like itself like you provide a place where you pour into us Mm. like we're gaining wisdom coming to church every Sunday we're learning more about the Lord like I think that the biggest thing that we could ask would be for like just praying for our ministry Mm -hmm. praying Mm -hmm. for softened hearts and for the Lord to Mm -hmm. move in our schools Mm -hmm. like I think that at least in the the culture that we're in Mm -hmm. it feels like our local, like that you guys support us so well. I'm, I'm glad you feel that. I believe that that's very, in, I believe that that's intentional. And yeah. then I also think that you are just so well loved that it's really easy to um, see that and to really champion the efforts of, of pouring into, to the kids. This past school year, I know was like, unlike any other. I mean, I remember when you guys were sending out emails and social media things saying, Hey, we've got to find a place where we can meet outside like in January because we can't be in homes. So what's your, what's your dream for the school year? Since we're, I mean, at least right now, CHCA is going to be normal for now. So what's, yeah. What's the dream for the school year? Well, we actually are starting next week back with, cause we, we were, we were on zoom. Right. Then we were outside. Right. <laughs> then we were still outside. <laughs> then you were separated. Then we were separated guys and girls inside, um, which was <laughs> inside was, was like the, the benefit there when it was freezing, um, mm-hmm. which was really cool while that was happening. Like it was something that like we kind of had to do and like wouldn't really have done. Um, not in COVID. So that honestly was a blessing in disguise the way that that worked because it just like was something that kids really enjoyed being, mm-hmm. um, like girls with girls, guys with guys. Um, and at the same time after what a semester of that, a semester, it's like the time feels right to yeah. be back together. Mm-hmm. And we are doing that, um, starting next week where we're coming back guys and girls in inside in a home. um which is it just feels good to be doing that again and like i said like um the timing's good where i think kids are like ready to be back with that um mm-hmm. so i mean honestly that that feels like a dream that yeah, like even right. just being back to normal is yeah. like is feels like a dream to us um and then we have um some goals or dreams, I guess, just this semester of, um, trying to get club, um, up and running with CHCA, which has been, um, 
interesting in the past. So that's something that we would love to see thrive. Um, so share the difference between club and campaigners. So it it makes it makes more sense, I guess, at public schools. Right. Per se. Yeah, it does. Um, so campaigners is more for kids who are interested in diving deeper in the yeah. relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. or kids that do have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, more like a Bible study um, right. where one of the leaders talks for like 40 minutes about scripture and mm-hmm. how that relates to our lives and what this looks like for you. Um, and club is more of a um, event that is almost catered more towards kids who aren't there yet and don't yeah. really know what this is about. And um, it's like a fun, like, mm-hmm majority of the time is spent playing games or like singing and it's just crazy fun. And then ends with like a 15 minute, um, talk from like the gospels, um, about who Jesus is and trying to get kids interested and getting them to come hang out. Even if it's not some Bible study that can seem intimidating to kids. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I I didn't know that that was kind of a, a little dream that is growing. Yeah. Blaze, you mentioned that one of the biggest ways that we can support you is to um, pray for you all and the school year. And I would like to do that. This is kind of impromptu also. It's just a whole night of impromptu. Um, but we, the Zig and Fooses, love you guys so much and are just so grateful for what you are doing personally for our kids. And um, I'm just praying that God will just pour his favor over your lives and just honor you. Um, Cause you could be doing a lot of other things. You could probably be working a lot of other jobs and making a lot of money. And, um, and here you are volunteering and giving of your time um, to grow the kingdom because you love the heart of Jesus. And so you love the heart of these kids. So if I can pray over you and then we're going to ask a couple of fun questions and then, and then be done. Jesus, I thank you for still giving us hope in this world and for your your plan to be the one that is continuing to thrive and to grow. And even when we can look around us and just it can at times feel like culture is shifting so quickly, we can look just within the doors of our schools and see these amazing young people who love you so much that they're giving of their time and their hours and their emotion and their prayers um, to these, these students who are just a few years behind them. And so I pray specifically for this team that this school year would just be one of blessing, of reward, that there would just be a shift in this whole generation and that the days ahead are still the brightest ones. And um, I pray that you would be with this team in their faithfulness, in um, their purity, in their relationship with you, that they would be faithful in being poured into and receiving so that they can then pour out into those that they are mentoring and shepherding and teaching And I'm just so grateful for this organization um, that you continue to grow it, that you continue to build it. And Lord, I just, I really do ask for your favor on their lives that you would just bless them beyond measure in ways that are unimaginable and that they would see the reward of their efforts and um, that you would just allow them to see the fruit of of what they've done and the time that they've put in. We're so grateful for all that you do. And I pray that you would just continue to be the center of their lives and that through them, you would become the center of so many other students. We love you and look forward to just amazing miracles this school year. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys, seriously, thanks for doing this. Of course. (laughs) So After playing spike ball and the, I had a choice. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had the most shocked expression when I said, Hey, guess what? We're doing a podcast with zero <laughs> prep. All right. Well, there are three things that I always ask on this, at the end of this podcast, um, two are kind of serious and one is fun. So we'll, we'll sandwich that. The first is this whole podcast is about finding purpose in the promises that God has already given us mm. in his word. So yeah. 
I'd like to hear from each of you what one scripture is that's been significant at some point in your life. I can start. Sure. Um, so I, can I like explain a little yeah. bit too? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So my verse is Matthew 9, 2. Um, and it says, some men brought to Jesus a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Um, and I think that this is like impactful specifically in our ministry and just in our, like our lives, our ministry um, of like freedom that I'm not the one who changes hearts. Like I'm not, mm. that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Jesus will watch me faithfully bring my friends in front of him mm. and like heal them because of that. Like it just, I just think that it's interesting that the verse mentions that Jesus saw the faith of his friends yeah, and I love that. healed him. And so um, that's just been really impactful and like freeing Yeah, that it's not on me. Like the oh. Lord will do what the Lord does, which is change hearts. And yeah. that's not on me. One of my favorite verses, and I have it on the back of my Bible, is the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Because I think so often we feel like, all right, God, you've given me all these gifts. Now let me go do it. And yet we're still just the vessel. And mm-hmm. it, we don't. It, that just releases so much weight because he who has called is faithful and he will do it. Yeah, and it's like easy to hope and easy to be excited about still bringing your friends in right. front of Jesus when they aren't feeling it or when they aren't right. getting it or when they're sad or where they're where like in situations that feel hopeless, it brings hope of like, okay, it's not on me. That's right. So it's fun to just know that I'm not God. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Who's next? I'll go. Um, as I was thinking about it, I kind of switched my answer as, as Blaze was talking, but um, one... I think specific passage that has just really been important to me, at least lately, um, is from Luke 11. Um, and it's when Jesus is talking. Um, it, he first tells a story about um, a friend who goes to another friend at midnight asking for loaves of bread because mm-hmm. he has visitors coming and mm-hmm. um, explains that um, the friend isn't going to, might not get up and give him loaves of bread just because he's his friend, but because his friend persistently kept on asking and knocking at the door, mm-hmm. he gets up and gives him something. And he goes on to say this in verse nine, he says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And um, if you study a little bit deeper into um, the the Greek translations of of that passage, the the tenses of the verbs are are most accurate. I know I'm getting really you know I'm, I'm really diving <laughs> into the Bible here. Um, I feel like you should go to seminary. Uh, That's just well, we'll see. Holy Spirit um, leading, whatever. <laughs> but the the <laughs> verbs um, are are in a progressive. Te- uh, I don't know if progressive is the right word, but. Um, are in a tense that most accurately is translated to keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking, Mm. um, which I just think is so profound um, because the Lord isn't saying, you know, if you ask me enough, I'll Mm -hmm. eventually cave and give it to you. Mm -hmm. He tells us to to keep on asking, Mm -hmm. not because we change his mind or change his heart, but because it changes our hearts when Mm -hmm. we continue to persistently ask Mm -hmm. for things and and continue to be persistent in prayer. And I think that that's been something that I've struggled to learn, but have been trying to learn lately. And it has just been huge for me, I think, in a season of transitioning out of college and into adulthood and and continuing to ask ask God, like, what's next? What am I doing? What what do you want me to do? Where am Mm -hmm. I at? And sometimes it is uh, frustrating when it feels like he's not giving you a direct answer. But um, I've started to take that as, okay, just keep asking, keep Mm. asking and and. It will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. And so um, that's been something that I think has just been giving me a lot of purpose lately. Yeah, that's so good. I will not be diving into the grammar of my... That's fine. <laughs> the Gre- are you going to go Greek instead? Hebrew? Yeah. yeah. 
no. Um, so mine is a little bit more straightforward. Um, uh, the verse that comes to mind whenever I'm asked that kind of question um, is Philippians 4, 6. And it's the peace of God that mm. surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I didn't need to look at that. Um, and I you. got it. <laughs> um, and that's something that just really is powerful to me um just in my life in my story mm-hmm. um peace is something that like i i mean i think everyone does but um like i just long for mm-hmm. um and i like how the verse correlates like peace in your heart and mind um there is just like a strong correlation there um and those are both important to mm-hmm. be seeking and pursuing um and kind of similar to what Blaze was saying, like, it's just a remind, like a daily reminder of this is not peace that I am going to supply for myself or the world is going to give me. Like, oftentimes it's easy to get wrapped up in the lie of like, I, I have to be doing this or I have to escape this chaos mm-hmm. on my own doing and just being um, comforted by the truth that it is peace from God that I can't even fathom mm-hmm. um, is something that honestly keeps, keeps me going and keeps me hopeful. Yeah. That's so good. I love that too. I love it. All right. Speaking of love to lighten things up a wee bit, what's just something you love. That's fun. Plays to you. Okay. I'll start. <laughs> um, something that I love so much tell me the dog no no your moose yes i knew it a moose i have a stuffed animal moose oh he's 17 years old i've had him since i was five so you can do the math on how old i am and his name is moolah and he goes everywhere with me so Mm. like i don't trust him in luggage like he sits on the plane with me Mm -hmm. when i go places i sleep with him every night and i who does that Literally, you have a bear too, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, she just called she you just out. She doesn't love her bear as much as I love my moose. So, so here's a sad story. I have a friend who had a, just keep this in the back of your mind, one day. So she had her very favorite lovey blanket that she had had when she was a wee babe. Freak me I'm out. scared. And she took it to the hospital when she had her first baby. And it somehow like got hidden in the bedding and she left with her newborn and without her lovey. Well, so mm. here's what I'm nervous about. Well, never having kids. So here's what I'm nervous about. <laughs> I just, I just ended story, it. You just ended it. It's, um, it's over. What happens when I die? That's my biggest concern. You can't take your treasures to heaven. No, I think about right. it often. And of like, I, I don't trust him with anyone other the than The moose me. doesn't have a soul. I know. I know. It's not going to me out, please. But it really does make me nervous because I don't want to be buried with it because I don't want it to that's rot with my body. Like, that's sad. Mm. He doesn't need to see that. You're have you ever watched e- Toy Story, Blaze? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, just, I just really love my moose. I love that you love your Thank moose. You. Most people make fun of me for it. I would, n- no, I, I would never. I would never well, look. I just gave you coaching tips on how to keep the moose alive. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> let it bring get it lost. to your right. Body. Don't take it to I the hospital. Think, I think I would leave with my moose before I would leave with my child. <laughs> like I think that that's. Right. You're right. She's never having kids. Yeah, but <laughs> All right. Who's who's next? I'll go. What do we love? Um, mine is not anywhere near as funny or goofy as well i shouldn't say that that's not funny or goofy that was very kind-hearted i mean it um (laughs) mine i mentioned that uh i just in the last like year or so have uh transitioned out of college and to be an adult um a real real adult and uh, so I just moved into a new house and I have uh, an entire <laughs> upstairs room to myself for the first time in like four years. And I have really worked hard to try to furnish it um, pretty well. And let me tell you, I love my little nook in the corner of my room. Can I have some credit I, there? Green I, chair. Yeah, so I went, Lily and I went to uh, buy me a reading chair basically and I recently purchased a 
green accent velvet. reading velvet <gasps> reading chair. That's why you love these. Because um, yeah. we're sitting in blue velvet yeah. chairs. And it is amazing. Reading books, uh, I think the Holy Spirit is closer to me in that chair. than I agree. <laughs> I, yeah. I can totally relate to that because that's my chair. I love it. Ooh. That you're sitting in, Lily. So you, you're chair. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and I light that candle. Aww. So in the morning, I there are no lights on. There's the sunrises so, over there. Yes. Agave and cactus. It changes. What? It just changes. I don't know what is over there. Someone people gift me candles all the time, so I go through them. But the I just turn that little light on, and I have my coffee, yeah. and I have my quiet time, my candle. It's oh. dim. The house is quiet. It's the best. It's perfect. If you want to send me a picture of your nook, I'll put it. I'll put it on social I media when I to. when I post this. Yes, I would. Okay. I want a picture of your moose in the green chair. No, that's too much. <laughs> it's too much. I, I, I know I overstepped that. Yeah, you overstepped a little bit. But. I did. Moose, well, I would probably like that. Just send me the so, moose. I'll send. Anyways, all right, Lily. What do you love? What's your picture going to be? Lie, I won't lie. I uh, I hate. This is so cliche. I don't yeah, want to say my dog. You made fun of me for this. When I oh, said hold you on, hold on. your dog, Blaze. Okay. <laughs> We're reaching that point. <laughs> <laughs> I love a lot of things. I, I do. And for some reason, nothing is coming to mind except my dog that I get made fun of for because she's kind of one of the, and mom, I hope if my mom listens, she's going to yell at me for saying this, but my dog's like the ugly cute. Like she's, oh, she's yeah. mm-hmm. pretty ugly that weird. she's, I think cute. she's cute. She's a lot of people don't. She's got an underbite. Mm-hmm. Her name is Linda. <laughs> um, and I don't know what it is. I think it's like part of like when you become a mom and like you love your your kid and like, okay, I don't need to get into that. But I like love her and other people are like, what, why? But I just like do my heart beams. Like when I when see, you her, see her, I make, okay, when I come home sometimes and I like get really excited <laughs> to see her, what? No, I'm just, I'm just reading the <laughs> room. Make, I'm reading the I room. I can make my dog smile. She smiles at me and it's, mm. There's All right, else. so we need like a picture of the moose, a picture of the nook with the green chair, and a picture of Linda. Linda, Linda yeah. with a Y. Lin- Linda with a Y. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. All right, <laughs> I digress. All right, last question, because this is the Let It Be podcast. So if there were one prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? starting again i don't know lily you want to start you want to go yeah. oh no um i put you on the okay, spot this is this is just like what comes to mind of just like yeah right now like mm-hmm. what i'm praying for i feel like it's not like, like the, if i could have the biggest prayer answer but this is just like something right now that i'm praying for and i'm like excited for i guess um i live with two of like my best friends mm-hmm. um and we just moved into this house together. So it's, it's been the three of us just for like a two months ish. Anyways, um, we like all three of us recently kind of talked about how like we, we are all like very close to each other, but we want to like be intentional Mm. and Mm -hmm. have like intentional conversations and set aside time where we are like just being real and, um, asking for prayer from each other and like, Mm diving deep into just like every aspect of our lives. Um, and so it's, it was cool to hear like the two of them say that, like we all have had this thought kind of, and it all like happened at the same time where we kind of, um, realized that we were all wanting that. And so I'm just like praying over, I guess I'm praying over my house and Mm. just like the community with those two girls, um, of what our friendships will and like, I, I believe will look like, um, with this vulnerability and with just like being real with each other. And I love them a lot and I'm like excited for that. And it was cool just how that all lined up of, we were, we were all kind of thinking that at the same time. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Who's next? I'll go. Um, my one prayer, um, when you asked, I think the first thing that came to my mind is honestly one of my longest prayers that I've been um, praying since I started following the Lord um, is I have three friends who are three of my um, longest lasting friendships. Um, I've been friends with them since I was uh, a little, little boy. Um, 
at probably, you know, two, three, four years mm-hmm. old. And when, uh, when I started following Jesus, our friendships started to strain a little bit. And then we went to college and it strained a little bit more. And they've just been friends that I have been consistently praying for, um, that they would just come to know the Lord and that they would, um, fall in love with him. And, um, it, it really does hit at that, um, the piece of planting seeds that we talked Mm. about, um, earlier on is just, um, trying to trust in that, um, and believe in that. But I think honestly, my biggest prayer is just, um, is just that they would, they would come to know Jesus and come to know the Lord. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, I think that this past year has just had a lot of change. Mm -hmm. Like I graduated college and there's a lot of change happening in my family and I moved and I'm starting Mm -hmm. a full-time job and, Mm -hmm. um, like just prayers for like peace through that Mm -hmm. and like knowing and having confidence that I'm standing on solid ground Mm -hmm. with the Lord. Um, but it like change is just hard. Yeah. And so there's just so much of it. I feel Mm -hmm. like I've, I, for really like over a year, there's been no stability in my life. And so I think that that's just like what, my soul aches for is like feeling stability mm-hmm. um and just like having confidence in that in the lord that like even if like my life will always be changing mm-hmm. um but the lord doesn't, doesn't yeah and so just like having confidence and peace in that yeah is like my biggest prayer for the past long time i'm gonna pray for all three of those alongside you let it be um all right if anyone listening was on the fence about Young Life, I think y'all sold it tonight. Mm, so, well, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. Lily, why are you laughing? I was going to say something, but I'm not going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, as a parent, would let my kids sit under your leadership any day. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. So you guys are just, and your whole team. I know Bailey and Jake aren't here. So I really feel like I, I feel like after this conversation, I'm going to have to invite them on and like have a Q and a or something. I don't know with them. Um, but you guys are just truly some of the best and you model loving and serving Jesus so well. And so many people are watching and there are no greater 20 somethings that I would love for our kids to be watching than you guys. So thank you for all of that. So we appreciate you too. All yeah, right. So Love you guys. Thanks for, thanks for staying after hours. Of course. <laughs> All right. Thanks for jumping back in to the Let It Be podcast in this conversation with some of tomorrow's leaders. This season is going to be a little bit different than the past. I'm going to continue to provide regular content, although it may not be every week. However, if you do subscribe, you will be notified every time there is a new episode. And sometimes I'll have guests. Sometimes I will have individual content. And sometimes I might just have my husband on to share in some of the wisdom that he always has to offer. So it's going to be a little bit more of a variety show this season. And I hope you will tag along and stay with me and enjoy these conversations. Thanks always for being part of the Let It Be podcast.